This podcast is presented by Regions Bank. You're chasing your goals, and it's up to you how you want to get there. Let Regions Bank coach you with financial tips that fit your everyday grind. Visit regions.com slash next hyphen step to learn more. Regions, member FDIC. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm Rob Motti, AP Pro Football Writer based in Philadelphia. I'm here on Radio Row in Miami for our final show before the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs face off Sunday in Super Bowl 54. Ralph Russo will be back next week and throughout the offseason for the College Football Podcast. We have a star-studded lineup for you on this episode. The original GOAT, Joe Montana, joins me. Cowboys tight end Jason Witten. Raiders rookie running back Josh Jacobs. Future first-round pick from Alabama, Jerry Judy. Former Texans star receiver Andre Johnson. Saints do-everything guy Taysom Hill. Gary V is here. Gary Vaynerchuk. Katie Couric also stopped by. And I also spoke to one of the Navy pilots who will lead the flyover after the national anthem on Sunday. So let's kick it off. Welcome in, Jason Winton, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Jason, I'm sure you've been asked this question a ton this week because when you look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, you have two tight ends in Travis Kelsey and George Kittle who are incredible, who do so many things. How do you evaluate those guys? Well, I mean, first off, they are. They're extremely talented players. And really, I think we're probably never going to see another Super Bowl the rest of you know our lives that's going to feature the tight end mm-hmm. like the tight end is going to be featured in this game. Um, in my opinion, they're the number one weapons for their teams. So, And they do it differently. I mean, George, I think, is probably a little bit more of an inline blocker. That's kind of what yeah. San Francisco wants to try to do. And then the play-action game, get the ball in his hand. He's tough to bring down. And then Travis on the other side just has such great feel and comfort level between Patrick Mahomes and him and uh, just ability to find the open spot, you know, and sometimes that's not teachable. You just got to be able to do it. And uh, so both of them are dynamic players, great for the position and uh, deserve all the credit they're getting right now. How do you look at the evolution of that position, the tight end position, because it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of the offense. And you're a huge part of that because you're one of those guys who was heavily featured in the offense. And do you take pride in, in being someone who maybe is somewhat of a trendsetter at that position? Yeah, I, I do take a lot of pride in that. You know, I mean, the, I I feel like the the position has completely evolved over the last 15, 20 years, you know, and I mean, Tony Gonzalez deserves a lot of that credit. Uh, but, um, you know, I think the interesting part about playing the tight end position is it, it is an every down player, you know, is the consistency that it takes to do it as a blocker and as a receiver. And that's not as easy as you think. And so, um, you know, it's something that I try to hang my hat on. And, uh, you know, I know nowadays more and more players are trying to do that. What was this season like for you? I mean, you took the year off. You're doing Monday Night Football. You're yeah. doing this. You're on the other side of yeah. the media. First of all, did you enjoy that? I did. You know, I mean, I, I think I, um, even though it's football, it's different. It's a different career. So I, I enjoyed being around so many talented people. Um, you know, I, there was a lot of humility that came with that and, you know, the experience. But there was I, – I had a great time. And, you know, I, not only was I a better football player, but I was a better person 
because of that experience that happened in my life. And I think more than anything else is just the opportunity to get back there and play. There was something every night, you know, when I left the game saying, man, this is great in the booth, but I I can be out there playing, you know. And uh, I just kind of trusted my gut on that, knowing that obviously I couldn't do that much longer. I wanted to take advantage of it. How disappointing was the season the way it finished out in a, in a NFC East that was really up for grabs, and you guys lost out to the Eagles in there. Uh, obviously, it cost Jason Garrett his job, yeah. and nobody wants to be part of that. When yeah. you, and you, I'm sure you have a, a close relationship with him. How disappointing was that for you guys? Very disappointing. You know, I think more than anything, it's just not only did we underperform, but we, we had multiple opportunities. Philly was struggling too, so the division was wide open. And, um, you know, when you have that many opportunities, you just feel like if we can just get in, because at times we played at a really high level. It just wasn't consistent enough. And, you know, when you don't win, changes come. And uh, it's tough to see that happen to Jason and a lot of the coaching staff, but that's the reality of this business, you know. So that was disappointing, 8-8 eight and eight for that talent level and that football team. Uh, you know, we, we definitely underperformed. Have you made a decision about next season yet? I haven't, not yet. You know, I've been, uh, you know, I've been trying to go through it because you know I know I can't retire again and come back and play. So, just very diligent. I mean, in Brett the Favre did it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, just trying to be very diligent in that process. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm leaning towards playing. Okay. And um, you know, I still got some time until I make that decision. And it would be with the Cowboys, of course. Yeah. Well, ideally, you know. But I mean, look, a lot of changes happen in the league, yes. so you never know. Jason Witten, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it. And good luck on the future, man. All right, God thank bless. you, man. Appreciate it. Oakland Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, man. Welcome, man. Thank you for being here. Appreciate man, your time. Man, thank you for having me. So you, you guys had a somewhat disappointing season, of course, but you were tremendous out there. You potentially could win the AP's Offensive Rookie of the Year yeah. award. What would that mean to you? Um, I would say it wouldn't mean as much to me as it would for, I feel like, um, the organization and the people around me and the people that look up to me. Like I feel like it's bigger for um, the people in my community growing up. I mean, just to seeing me like excel and, and on this platform and letting the kids know like it's possible and things like that, I feel like it's be bigger for them. Because for me, it's 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 like of course you like happy to win but that's not my goal you know what i'm saying that's not my goal i mean i want to be in this situation next year yes but actually playing you know like I that's that's a, that's a dream of mine um and i mean i feel like i left i left a lot on the field and um so i'm just trying to be the the best player that i could be possibly well, there's some really good young running backs in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. Miles Sanders in Philly. I'm based there, dog. so uh, I cover the Eagles. Uh, do you communicate with the other guys, and does it get a little bit competitive? Like, hey, I want to do, I want to one up this guy. Um, me being, um, the, I feel like I'm ultimate competitor. Whenever I step on the field or whenever I do anything, I want to compete. Um, but when it comes to Miles and all them guys, we all keep up with each other. We all support each other. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. Like the fans, I have this like few back and forth with like who should win or things like that and or who's the better running back or whatever and we don't really care we we all have love for each other um he was actually with me last night um, miles yeah yeah okay so i mean we all we all it's a, it's a family nice yeah. well I, I i like that and you sound like a really humble kid and i and i think you're rooted in your faith how important is that for you to keep you grounded at this professional stage man it's 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 literally the key mm. it's literally the key to success 
I mean, for me, like I know I wouldn't be here without my faith. I know I, I know different things that I was the lifestyle that I that I was around in the environment. Wow. Um, that I know that like it wasn't. It's no way I could have be here without it. Well, I appreciate that, man, about you. You're here on behalf of Sleep Number. Yes, sir. I, I've been telling uh, Cassie, everybody over there, right? I need me a Sleep Number. You gonna hook it up? Tell me about it. how much do I need that man? Look, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, literally life changing. Yeah, like for real. Like I always had like problems sleeping, okay. like growing up and things like that. But man, I I sit on my bed and I'm out. Wow, like literally, it's 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 that comfortable. Um, you can adjust it. Like when my shoulder was hurting and things like that, I could literally lean the bed up to a comfortable position and everything. I have my sleep number setting is 35, um, and it's just like every day, man. You get that refreshing sleep you know what i'm saying like no when doubt. you wake up and you yeah. like i, I got energy like Ooh. i'm ready to, you know i'm ready to get it started in the day and i'm not saying that only because i'm in, endorsed by them or nothing but it's literally like that's the truth you like, know what so, it's, uh, you, i'm sold man I, <laughs> I, I got i got i got to get me one hey listen i'll see you tomorrow walking on a red carpet i may know i may know i don't know i mean this is the ap we did we I, I don't know but yeah. good luck man thank you man appreciate it thank you for having me <laughs> We got a special guest coming in right now, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary, I was just telling you how I love that people are coming out. Yesterday I'm talking to Martha Stewart here. Yes. She's got a commercial. Yes. Uh, I got Joe Montana coming up in a few minutes. There's all these guests. Yes. So I say, well, what's the product? What are we talking about? And when, when it came to you, they were like, well, Gary's just talking about what he's doing. Just a all, human. All, all the stuff just that he's doing. I love that, man. What, what you do out there and, and how you promote your brand yes. is legendary. I appreciate that. And a ton of people out there can yes. use some advice. So give, give me a quick little, uh, you know, your, your yeah. 30 seconds, 60 second on how to build your brand. I remember you said one time, and I took this to heart, 100 pieces of social media a day. Man, I ain't got 100 minutes in a day to do something like that, but you got to have people, right? You got to have yes. the right people around you. Or, you know, when I was growing up growing up in this game in 2007, 8, I did it on Twitter. I, I knew it was valuable. Yourself. It, yeah, I did, I did everything myself from 2007 to 2014. Mm. I mean, seven years of doing everything. You know, when people come up to me now and they're like, oh, you got D-Rock, you got all this team. I'm like, that's nice. I didn't have it for seven and a half years and I did it myself while running a business. So now tell me your excuse. Love that. <laughs> here's, here's my answer for all the people that are listening. This is a game of self-awareness. Yes. I was self-aware that I got a lot of adrenaline and energy. That became a work ethic thing. I got self-aware that, oh my God, I like people more than a normal person. I just genuinely enjoy humans. Uh, I That's like, a very admirable trait, by the way. I think so. I think, I, I think people are always like, you know, when people see something happening for someone, I don't think they look at the nuances. One of the reasons I've grown so much in social is every piece of content I put out, I'm focused on what's in it for them, not what's in it for me. Mm. Everybody's going to be at Super Bowl here and take photos of celebrities, fancy parties they're at, and it's a me, 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 me. Look and no, at me, right? Yeah, nobody, yeah. On, what? and so what? The, your community on the other side is getting FOMO and feeling bad. I'm thinking about what am I going to say that's going to bring you value. So I didn't get these followers because I'm pretty. I got these followers because I'm bringing value to people, and and that's a big focus of mine. I love that, but, man. But for everybody who's listening, the number one way you will grow your social media or anything in life is self-awareness. Do you know who you are versus who you wish you were? You know, I wish I was playing in this game Sunday. A long time ago, I learned I was more likely to own the team that played this Sunday. 
Well, let's talk about that for a little Please. bit. Please. Because if you had an opportunity to own a team, you're a diehard New York Jets fan. That's and right. Unfortunately for you, they, they're not here. The no. 49ers are here. The That's Chiefs right. are here. Yes. Uh, what are your aspirations? What can, are, are those realistic for you to yeah, own an NFL team? Yeah, they're very realistic. I think that I will own the New York Jets. And How hard are you pushing to make this happen? Extremely. I sold 30% of my very large company to Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, to get in the family. I am the partner uh, in the Call of Duty uh, esports team, the Minnesota Rocker, with the owners of the Minnesota Vikings, the wonderful Will family. Uh, I come to events like this and network with executives. I'm, I'm working every day very hard to put myself in a position to amass the extraordinary level of wealth needed. Uh, I put out content every day that I'm, I'm going to do it and have now gotten probably millions of people excited about the narrative of maybe me one day accomplishing it. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm putting, professionally, it's what I spend my time on. Professionally, professionally, every move I make, whether subtle or obvious, is in chase of buying the New York Jets. Well, as a guy who wants to buy the New York Jets, what do you think of the franchise quarterback that you guys have in Sam Darnold? I wish everybody listening and you knew how often I have not been excited about the quarterback in place. This is by far, by a country mile, the man that I most believe in uh, that has ever been the quarterback, maybe besides my delirious optimism around Browning Nagel as a youngster. Um, so, so I think Sam, I think if you look at the offensive line play in Sam's first two years, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Well, did you go? You go back to the Pat Ryan years, Ken O'Brien, Richard love you. Todd. I a love bit. you. I, Richard Todd was my first quarterback, number fourteen. Pat Ryan played in the Chiefs playoff game yeah. in '86 that we beat the Chiefs in uh, for a hurt Ken O'Brien. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hard. I mean, I've watched every single snap since 1982. Well, I'm based in Philly and I cover the Eagles, so I remember the Rich Cotite years and when he brought Pat Ryan in. The one year that Randall got hurt, and you had Jim McMahon, and he got hurt, and he got Pat Ryan off a construction site I remember. to come play a game. That, and they that's co- a good <laughs> job by you, brother. I remember that very, that? very well. Tell me uh, about your involvement in eSports. Uh, I own the Minnesota Rocker team with the uh, Wilfs. I'm the minority owner. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. It's a Call of Duty team. We had the kickoff last weekend in Minnesota. Uh, the league is very, very vibrant and healthy on its starting point. We, uh, we are in a place where I'm really excited about the YouTube distribution deal. Like, There's a lot of good going on, and uh, uh, I'm really, really, really excited about it. I'm also, real quick before I bounce here, my advertising agency has three Super Bowl spots. Okay. So we have the Mr. We, we were the people behind Mr. Peanut passing away this last week. I don't know if you saw all that hubbub. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got the Sabra Hummus commercial and the Hard Rock Hotel commercial. So it's a, it's gonna be a fun weekend for me. Well, Gary Vaynerchuk, you are involved in everything. Everything you touches turns into a success, man. Wish you uh, plenty of blessings along the way. Thank you, brother. This podcast is presented by Regions Bank. You're chasing your goals, and it's up to you how you want to get there. Let Regions Bank coach you with financial tips that fit your everyday grind. Visit regions.com slash next hyphen step to learn more. Regions, member FDIC. Welcome back to the Super Bowl edition of the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm Rob Motti. Katie Couric is a TV personality, 
journalist, author. I spoke to her co-stars Lily Singh and Busy Phillips earlier this week about the Super Bowl ad they starred in, and now Katie is here. There's so much excitement with this commercial for Olay. I asked both Lily and Busy if they actually would do like Nicole Stott and go into space. How about yourself? Um, you know, if I were in good enough physical shape, I think I would. Um, I'm probably a little bit on the older side to go into space, Stop Rob, it. but Stop. I think on. it would be incredibly exciting. Listen, uh, you know, I'd like to also be an Olympic gold medal uh, figure skater, but that seems pretty <laughs> unlikely. But all I can say is I'm so jazzed and excited for the women who are part of the space program and are increasingly entering fields that were once um, really closed off to 50 one percent of the population well that's what it's really all about hashtag make space for women right. making space for women not just literally in space but in every walk of life in every um, business opportunity profession whatever it is and how as i mean you're a legend in the energy in this business uh how important is it to do that representation means everything first of all if you can't see it you can't be it right that's what gina davis says and you know, whether it's in, you know, any kind of line of work, whether it's in being an archaeologist mm. or being a computer programmer, I think that women and all people, because um, we're talking about diversity as yes. well, need to see themselves in these kinds of roles. And I think the images we see from a very young age, I think really uh, a sort of form what we see for ourselves and the possibilities we envision. So doing ads like this, an all-female commercial at the Super Bowl, sends a message to young girls everywhere that, hey, they can be whatever they want to be. And is that your daughter? So those are my twin girls. Oh, my gosh. So I showed, yeah, I had to show you, too. I showed Lily and I showed Busy. They're six years old. So as we're talking about making space for women and you're encouraging and inspiring to do whatever, that's that's, what I think about. And that's the audience we're trying to reach. Honestly, we're trying to say to your daughters and and also to, to boys everywhere that... Girls are as capable, every bit as capable as as boys are in doing anything they want. And they have to hear that message over and over again because, sadly, they see a lot of images that don't necessarily promote the possibilities but that objectify mm. them, that make them feel less than, that make them feel like their role should be kind of as, you know, in supportive roles right. and instead of leadership roles. So we cannot emphasize enough to your daughters and everyone else that the sky is the limit and they just need to really persevere at, like everyone else. Katie, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this message becoming so prominent, but it's not only important for women like yourself. I think it's incumbent upon men like Definitely. me to make sure that we are taking this message out and, and really wanting to spread it and right. really making that space for women. Definitely. I mean, I think there's something to be said for male allies. You know, we're all in this together. We want everyone to do well and we mm-hmm. want everyone to excel. And I think to even the playing field, men have to be aware of their the implicit biases, biases they might hold, their, you know, how their attitudes have been shaped yes. by images that they've been uh, you know, facing their entire lives to say, wait, when I see this person, am I seeing, am I, am I 
basically putting limitations mm. on their potential or am I really mentoring them as I would men- mentor a male colleague? So, you know, I think you're right. This is, you know, this is good for everyone. I know you had some numbers you wanted to share. Some oh, yeah. Well, numbers. I, I, I think, would definitely give you that opportunity. Well, I think it's really interesting that while college educated women make up half the workforce, only 28 percent or in fields like technology. In high school, women make up just 23% of high school AP computer science exam takers, and women of color make up less than 4% of those taking AP computer science. And then when it comes to college, women comprise just 19% of students who receive degrees in computing, 19%. Women of color, less than 2% of people getting those degrees. So it's sort of insane. And leadership, women make up just 5% of leadership positions in the tech industry. That has got to change. And women of color are almost completely absent at the senior level with zero black or Latina women CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Well, Katie, uh, those numbers need to change. What you're doing is very powerful. Well, thank Um, you. And I uh, I, I, I enjoy all your work. And I love the fact that you guys are spreading a message like this. Well, and thank thank you you for for giving us an assist. And for those cute girls I'm seeing on your computer screen, what are their names? Alexia and Melina. Well, you'd let let me know what Alexia and Melina think of of the Olay commercial and if it inspires them. Well, I got to tell you something funny because coming right up is Joe, right? Yeah, I love Joe Montana. I grew up as a huge Joe fan wanting to name Melina Montana. Oh, my wife wouldn't go for it. (laughs) She wouldn't go for it. (laughs) Well, I'm super excited to introduce your next guest, Rob. Go for it. Joe Montana. Joe, come on down. (laughs) So, Joe, I was just telling Katie that I grew up, first of all, I grew up in Philly. So I was a huge Randall Cunningham fan. I remember the uh, the game where you guys were down 28-10 in the fourth quarter at the vet against Buddy Ryan's defense. You remember what happened? You threw four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter? <laughs> uh, I couldn't forget that. I, I mean, we started off the game, you know, everybody was talking about how physical they were and, and um, that we couldn't play with them. And, like, I think in the first series, yeah, they blitzed or something, and I hit Jerry Rice for, like, 60, 70 yards. I'm going, wow, this might be easier than I thought. <laughs> and then for the rest of that game until the late in, into the fourth quarter there, I, I, don't, I don't think I picked myself up off the ground more times in a game than that. Oh, buddy brings that dog. blitz. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, and then um, we finally made some plays at the end. John Taylor makes a great catch and run down the sideline. And um, I still remember the, the last play, though. All we needed was a first down, the win. And we ran a little read route by that. Uh, halfback and he was sitting there wide open and you watch our video from the sideline shot and I throw a go to Jerry Rice and you could see Bill Walsh's eyes go like (laughs) like, what are you doing and luckily for me he caught it for a touchdown and when I got to the sideline he goes you're so lucky that was a touchdown (laughs) well I tell you that because I went from being a young kid watching that hating the 49ers and the success that you had into having so much respect for who you were as a player that when my wife was pregnant with twin girls, I said, one of them is going to be named Montana. (laughs) And my wife is uh, born in Egypt, doesn't know anything about sports. She moved here when she was 15 years old. Here, I'll show you a picture of her right there. That's my wife. She nixed it, Joe. 
I, I couldn't name her Montana. We settled on Molina. You got to go with the boss. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly <laughs> they right. always win. Absolutely. No, no doubt. So we, we went with Molina. But, man, it is a pleasure to have you here. Uh, when you look at these two teams, you look at the 49ers, you look at the Chiefs, you played for both of them, you know the history. You really can't lose, right? No, you, can't. you can't. How, yeah, how are you going to handle it emotionally? I'm just going to enjoy having have a cold beer too we'll watch <laughs> actually um it's gonna be fun because um we're doing a uh myself brett Favre, and drew Brees are gonna do a simulcast for fox or streaming really yeah over the game so what? that'll be fun so just be the three of us sitting in a booth somewhere i like uh, that yeah, well, it'll it's, be fun it's, so it's, so yeah and i don't i mean for me it's i, I got ties on both sides and and once for both sides to win and like I said, you know, my team will win. Well, <laughs> you, you got you, Favre, you said Drew Brees, right? Yep. Three. And I know you hate this conversation. I'm not going to have this conversation with you. The conversation always starts with you when we talk about the greatest of all time. But what advice would you have for a guy like Tom Brady right now who may be entering free agency for the first time in his career? I mean, even Joe Montana, who was Tom Brady's hero, switched teams. Yeah. Could you imagine Tom in a different uniform, and what would you tell him? Um, you know, the transition always, you know, isn't always as easy as you think. And, and, and for me, it was actually a lot easier, mainly because I went to a great organization, great fan base, great teammates. Um, we should have gone to another Super Bowl there. Yeah. Um, and Paul Hackett was my offensive coordinator in, Can in San Francisco, uh, for a while and during our 84 Super Bowl. So he was now the offensive coordinator there. So that, I mean, different terminologies that were being used, but pretty much similar um, style of offense. And it, it, unless they give him full reign over the offense, I don't, all he's done for that area and that team and that organization, I would do, I don't know, maybe there's inner workings going on behind there yeah. that nobody knows about. And maybe that's why he wants to leave. And, you know, he has to make his own mind up and, and what's best for him. And that's why that's the best thing I can say. You got to do at that stage, do what you think is best for you. But in, in retrospect and looking back, I go, I would have, I wish they would have given me the opportunity to stay instead of, you know, kind of making me make a decision to, to leave San Francisco. Well, it, it had to be, a, obviously, a difficult decision. It's going to be a difficult decision for him. When you look at the way the NFL has evolved since you played, I mean, the numbers are crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. And it, they're, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like Madden numbers. It's, it's an, an insane. How do you think that 49ers, with the legends that you guys had, could play in the offenses of today? Yeah, I mean, you can all, everybody can always say that. You know, you look at – we had some great guys on the outside, yeah. you know, and, and giving Jerry Rice and John Taylor free reign down the field or release. So, uh, you know, you I can can't only, get bombed, you, can you can't imagine. get touched. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can stand there and not know that you're not going to get smacked in the face, and it becomes a different game. No doubt. Uh, for the quarterbacks. And, you know, they'll, if you talk to those guys at the level that have played on both sides when the, before that started, and even Tom said it to some of the guys I know or, and Drew is like, Oh yeah, it's e it's easier. It's not, <laughs> don't get me wrong, the position is still not easy. Right. But when you're when you're playing at that level, to take that portion away from them of to course. have to worry about it is, I mean, because that used to be what was the, 
that was the divider between the guys who could play and who couldn't. Yeah. Can you stand there knowing the guy three feet away from you is going to smack you and drive you into the ground behind you? Can you make an accurate throw? And that now that they take that portion away from the game and becomes a little different for those guys. Well, absolutely, no doubt. Joe, you're here on behalf of uh, Tide. Yeah, the, the new Tide uh, Power Tell Pods. Tell me about yeah. it, yeah. Well, I've been, in, I've been associated with them since back in 2013. Okay. We did a commercial for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was a part of it. I yes. should say they did. Yes. And it was a good one. It was like, yeah, the guy with, <laughs> had the stain on my jersey that looked like me and put it on the wall, and they went to the Super Bowl. He went to get it, and his wife had washed it. And um, with, with It's Tide, creative. I like yeah, that Yeah, no, one. it's pretty fun. And, and it's been fun to be a part of it. And, and now we're back. They're back again with uh, something new coming out for the Super Bowl. Right. And, you got any and the new Power We'll get rid of all those old all those old saints. No, I can't uh, share you anything. You can't tell us? Okay. Can't tell. We'll just have to tune in. You have to tune make in. Sure we see it and make sure Bowl. you see it. All right. Well, Joe Montana, it is an absolute honor and a pleasure to My have pleasure. you on the Thank show. You. Thank you. Thank you. Been fun. Thank you. Back on Radio Row, and joining me now is wide receiver Jerry Judy, who's about to, and you're leaving Alabama, you're entering the NFL draft. What an exciting period is this for you in your life, man? Uh, it's very exciting, you know. This something you dream of as a kid, so now that it's finally here, it's like, it feels so surreal. But, you know, I'm just enjoying the moment, enjoying the process, and looking forward to see what happens. Well, your agent, Lee Steinberg's a... Uh, a man who, who's got a lot of words of wisdom, and as we were just chatting before there, says as fine of an athlete as you are, that's how good of a person you are. How important is it for you to balance being not just a great athlete on the field, but be a good person, be a, uh, just all around wonderful, everything you're doing, do it at your best? Uh, it's very important. You, know, you, don't, you don't want nobody to dislike you or feel uncomfortable around you. You, know, you want to be a likable ber- person, very understanding, you know, just... It's a person that people can relate to. Coaches want to know how coachable you are. How willing are you to go in, to listen, to fit into a system, to learn from veterans, uh, to, to just be one of the Because you're used to being the guy. Now you've got to go in and be one of the guys. Uh, you know, you always, it's always something you could learn from somebody else. You know, being coachable really plays a big part in this game, you know. So learning other stuff that can help improve your game, enhance your game, uh, you know, you always want, want to enhance your game. So... Being coachable, it play a big factor in that. What teams are, are you hoping? I mean, are, are you hoping? It's, it's a great opportunity. It's a blessing to be in the NFL. Is there a favorite? Do you want to go somewhere or just like, hey, wherever I go, I'm going to do my best? Uh, yeah, wherever I go, I'm going to do my best. I don't really have a choice, you know, and, and that's not really my decision. So where, whatever team wants me and whatever team feel like I'm the best fit for them, and I'm going to go over there and do, give them 100%. Did you grow up a fan uh, of any specific team or any specific players that you role model, you look up to? Um, going to college, I really looked up to Mark Cooper. Okay. Just the way he ran his routes. Um, uh, and I watch, started watching football in like seventh grade. Or actually, I started watching football earlier than that. I used to like <laughs> um, Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you, did you play any positions other than wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, Reggie and, was a running back. Yeah, literally, I played running back. Okay. I, I had got number five and all just because Reggie Bush. All right. Well, when you look at the two teams playing in this game, can you envision yourself on that field, that stage, a big game, Super Bowl? Uh, yes, sir. You know, come from Alabama playing national championship, you know, you, no doubt. you, get, that, you get that feeling sometimes. But in the league, uh, I could see myself playing a Super Bowl. 
how do you tune out that pressure when you're in this, in that environment in a game like that? You know, you don't really want to be too um be too hyped up about it, you know. But um, at the same time, it's a big game, so you really just gotta do what you've been doing the whole year, you know. Just crank it up a little, a notch, just cause it's a big game. But just just do what you do the whole year, and the same way you got there is got the same way you finish. Well, Jerry, I wish you a ton of uh, blessings and good luck as as you continue here in your NFL career. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Thanks for having me. I've got another special guest joining me now, former Houston Texans wide receiver, also played a season with Indianapolis and Tennessee, Andre Johnson. Man, I'm looking at your numbers. One, two, three, four, five hundred plus yard seasons. You got incredible numbers. So you know what they do here the night before the Super Bowl. They give that special gold jacket. Have you looked that far ahead no, at the Hall of Fame? No, I don't really think about it. Uh, you know, I... You, when you retire, you you know you have to wait five years yeah. to get it, you know inducted. So um, I don't I don't really give it much thought. I th- I think the the times I probably think the most about it is when I see the other guys you know mm-hmm. get inducted and things like that. But it's not something that I think about a lot. Well, you're here at the Super Bowl. The Houston Texans had an opportunity. Uh, they fell a little bit short. Now, working as a special advisor to Coach Bill O'Brien. What was it like for you this season? What's that learning process like for you? What are your aspirations? Um, are you looking to get into coaching? Are you looking to do maybe front office work? Um, I always said I wanted to be a general manager uh, one day. Um, and me and Bill, we had a conversation before the season started. And, you know, I kind of told him, you know, what I wanted to do. I, I really didn't want to coach. And, uh, you know, he came up with a role for me. And okay. You know, I just kind of embraced it, and uh, you know, it was it was a great experience. Um, I got to see, you know, both sides of it from the, you know, being a player and yeah. then now being on a, you know, the staff and being around the coaches and things like that. So, uh, you know, it was a great experience for me. What was it like for you going through that last game, that loss in the playoffs, when you guys, you know, you think you're gonna, you think you got it, and then uh, Kansas City comes storming back. Well, it was it was tough, uh, definitely to jump out to a lead like that and um, to have it all, you know, just slip away. Um, it was definitely tough, tough to watch and being a, co- a competitor and a former player, you you're just you want to get out there and, and help if you could. But uh, you know, we, it, it was a tough loss for everyone, and uh, you know, it's just something you have to just learn from and try to regroup from. How much would you have loved to play with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson? Oh, man, I think about it all the time. Um, <laughs> just see, seeing them in practice every day and just being out there and, uh, you know, just talking talking about the game with them and things like that. Uh, I think about it all the time. And, you know, it's something, you know, you know, it didn't happen, but just something you kind of wish would have happened. One final question for you. If you look around the NFL right now and you could pick one guy – that you would absolutely want to play with? Is it Deshaun? Is it someone else? Um, it would I know you got to go Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, it, you're it part of the on the side. Deshaun. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's a lot of great quarterbacks yeah. in this league. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Fun what, to watch. what he's done. Uh, I, I could name, <laughs> name a lot of them. But, uh, what do you think I, of Carson I, Wentz in Philly? I like Carson. I like Carson. I think he's uh, – 
you know, battled the injury bug and things like that. Um, and then I think the, the expectation for him was so high. And, you know, with him getting hurt, he should have won it. Well, probably would have won the MVP that year. And uh, then them winning yeah. the Super Bowl with him getting injured. I think probably him coming back, he probably put so much pressure on himself, you know, trying to get the team back to that spot rather than just going out playing. And I think that's something he probably kind of deals with a little bit. And I think I think he I think he I think he's a great player. I think he will continue to get better as a player. I think he just doesn't need to worry about what happened when he got injured and just just go out and just play his game. Well, that's great advice, man. Andre Johnson, thank you so much for joining us, spending a few minutes. Appreciate, I appreciate your time. It. Thank you for having. Me. So from Hall of Famers, entertainers, celebrities, to my first time interviewing one of the guys because of all the jobs that day that have to take place on that field, the entertainment, the athletes, the media, everything, I think the toughest job is what you have. And you, this is Commander Dan Kitts. He's going to be flying the F-35. You're a pilot. And those fighter jets that go over, that do the flyover over the stadium, as soon as Demi Lovato hits that last note, how do you do that? So we actually had a coordination meeting with the production team already, and they know about how long it's going to be for her to sing the song. They're rehearsing today, and I have a team there at the stadium today to kind of do some of the timing for all the pregame things things that are going to happen leading up to the the Star Spangled Banner and the flyover. And so they are getting some times down on how long it's going to take. And then when we get together tonight, we'll further coordinate that and see exactly how long everything was taking in practice. And then we'll know exactly when we need to be overhead the stadium. So she's doing, she's doing, uh, going to practice her anthem probably repeatedly over and over. Do you guys practice the flyover or is that just a one-time deal? Nope. So we're going to practice tomorrow. Uh, We're going to launch at about the same time, a little bit earlier, just so uh, we have a little bit of time to practice it. And we're going to do several trips overhead the stadium, make sure that we hit our timing, be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. So how many fighter jets are within a flyover? So we're going to have four with us i'll be the lead for the flyover so it's my responsibility to get (laughs) the four airplanes there at the right spot at the right time with me i have uh, an f-18e an ea-18g and an f-35b and we'll be in a diamond formation coming overhead the stadium well i just saw pictures of the uh new fighter jet and it it looks beautiful have you how often have you tried that one out so that's my squadron. I'm the commanding officer of mm-hmm. the squadron. So we have 10 of those airplanes in our inventory, and that's what I fly on a daily basis. How many of these do you do a year? Or do you do any other events, stadiums, games? No. It- Different squadrons at different times mm-hmm. will get involved in different flyovers, but this will be a first for me. How do you go about making that decision? Who's selected to be the guy who, who can do the, uh, the flyover? Uh, so we were told. We took that direction from above. That's the uh, chain of command. Really? And they said, hey, it's not like I vo- hey, I want to volunteer. Super Bowl. No? Nope. It was uh, wow. your, your squadron is going to do it, and in particular, you're going to do it. So, uh, And it was that way for everybody in the formation, actually. And then what happens? So after you finish, right? We see the jets go over, and then you disappear. Where do you go? Yes, yeah, so we're basing down in uh, Homestead at the uh, Air National Guard base down there. So we'll launch out of there, and we'll land back at Homestead. It's really only about a five, ten-minute flight from overhead the okay. stadium down to Homestead. Uh, we'll land. 
shut our airplanes down. We have a, a team of sailors and Marines that are down there to help us take care of those airplanes. And then we'll get uh, in a vehicle and we'll get up to the stadium. Oh, you will come back with a police escort back to the stadium so you can watch the game. Yeah, and they're going to introduce us at some point uh, in the stadium. Okay, that's very cool. Well, Commander Dan, really appreciate your time. It's, it's a very interesting thing, man. Uh, I've never had an opportunity to talk to one of you guys, and I think it's super cool, and wish you the best of luck out there. I Rob, know you're going to nail it, man. Oh, Rob, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome in one of the most versatile players in the NFL. You could do it all, man. You, you could play quarterback. You could be a receiver. You could run the ball. You could do special teams. Taysom Hill from the New Orleans Saints. How much fun do you have uh, with Sean Payton's offense and him trying to fit you in in different ways? Man, I, I love it. Um, this this last season has been so much fun for me, and it's really it, we have such a great locker room. You talk about being able to play with a guy and be a part of Drew Brees and, yeah. and all the records he's breaking, and then you know Coach Payton is notorious for always having things to switch it up, and you know that that just make it so much fun. Well, talk about Drew Brees and being a guy who's broken all these records. He's also at a point in his career where there's some uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. Has yeah. he told you? I mean, is there any secrets you want to let us in uh, on? Do you know no, if he's coming back no, right I, now? I, I don't know. Um, it, I don't know. But we'll, we'll see. Look, I'll, I'll tell you as, you know, one of Drew's biggest fans, like, I, I hope he comes back. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to play with him again. And, um, you know, he, he's become one of my best friends and like a, like a brother to me. And um, I, I hope we see him again. Do you envision yourself as the heir apparent when it, whenever it is that Drew Brees decides to hang up the cleats? Well, or do you like the role that you're in and think that's what's going to be your future in the NFL? Yeah, look, I, I think I view my, I, I definitely view myself as as a franchise quarterback. You know, um, I, I think as as you look at, you know, the other questions and is it New Orleans, is it somewhere else, like – as you go into free agency, this is the time that you start to mm. find out how people view you. And, you know, we haven't gotten into free agency long enough to really know how how these guys view me. And, and we'll, we'll just uh, handle it as it comes. So you're going to say what everybody else says. I'm keeping my options open, right? <laughs> well, look, I, I think as you get to free agency, there, there's no you know, denying that I loved my time in New Orleans. I love yeah. Coach Payton. I love, you know, Pete Carmichael and Joe, the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach that I've worked with, the special team. Like, it has been an incredible experience for me. Um, and so the fan base, like, I have loved every second of my time there. So do I want to leave? The fact of the matter is no, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't. But as you look at free agency, you have to find, you know, the right opportunity for you. True. You have to find this the, the situation to take care of your family to, you know, I want to play quarterback in this league. And if New Orleans don't view me that way, well, then I, I have to leave. Um, and so that's that's really where we're at. Well, that absolutely makes sense. When you look at being here for the Super Bowl, you guys were good enough to get real close two years in a row. Very heartbreaking, disappointing losses. Uh, do you get over those or do they still sting? Look, they sting, you know, yeah. they, they still sting, you know, 2018 stings, you know, last year stings. And I think it, it's been good to have a couple of weeks because you look at the 2019 season and you have kind of a sour taste in your mouth yeah. because of the way it ended. But then you look at it, it's like, man, we won 13 games. We won the division. And, um, you know, now that I've had a little bit more time to look at it, I, I feel like we've had 
we had a great season. Um, you know, it's just it, it, it's it's a little heartbreaking when you feel like you had a team that that could go deep and make a Super Bowl run and, and you didn't get there. Taysom, you're here on behalf of uh, Tonal. Tell us all about it. Yeah, Tonal is a young company that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. It's an at-home complete gym. So not only do you have the personal trainer where you can do your cardio workouts with, but inside this machine touchscreen that mounts on your wall, mm-hmm. there's a, a magnetic gym setup where you can do all your weight training with your personal trainer wow. right at home. You know, it, I, I, I think it's the future of in-home technology. It, it's a great young company. Well, hey, everything is getting more and more high tech. That's right. Instead of going to the gym, bring the gym to you. Taysom Hill, really appreciate your time, man. No Thank you. Thanks for having me on. That's it for the Super Bowl edition of the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast from Radio Row. I'm Rob Motti. I'll be back for a post-game show after the 49ers and Chiefs face off on Sunday. Enjoy the game. This podcast is presented by Regions Bank. You're chasing your goals, and it's up to you how you want to get there. Let Regions Bank coach you with financial tips that fit your everyday grind. Visit regions.com slash next hyphen step to learn more. Regions, member FDIC.